Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to the Ghibliotech, the podcast that dashes through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh of films from the world's greatest animation studio, Studio Ghibli. I'm Michael Leader, and I've seen a lot of them. And I'm Jake Cunningham, and now I'm completely snowed under by them. So join us on our festive quest into the glorious world of Ghibli. Merry Christmas, Jake. Merry Christmas, Michael. Merry Christmas, producer Steph. Merry Christmas, guys. Welcome back once more. Thank you for having me. Thank you for welcoming me into the Christmas home of the Ghibliotech. I think we're establishing Steph as very much our Father Christmas of the podcast. Just coming around once a year, but delivering down the audio chimney a wonderful collection of surprises. Exactly. We we have a bit of a smorgasbord of an episode today, don't we? So, Steph, do you want to run through what we can expect, or at least what you don't want to spoil? Yeah, well, in my in my Christmas bag this year, I've got a multitude of treats. Uh, we're going to have some more mailbags, like we had last year. Um, we're going to have some lovely Christmas carols. Uh, sung by producer Harold. So these are Harold carols. Harold carols. These are not to be sniffed at. They will be... I hope you enjoy them. Um, We'll have some presents, potentially. Mm. We'll have a quiz, which I hope will be fun. It'll be a treat for me. (laughs) Um, And then we'll... After we've had this big feast, we'll watch some Christmas movies and we'll do some more mailbags. How does that sound? That sounds absolutely wonderful. That sounds like a full Christmas day of activities being condensed into about 30 minutes. Exactly, Jake. <laughs> we should really get cracking, shouldn't we? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, let's talk about this mailbag because last year we asked people to send in their individual favorite Ghibli memory mm -hmm. um, and this year we've gone for a different question uh, we've gone a bit more down the, the festive feast route this time perhaps spurred from our recent trip to Tokyo where we were just eating everything maybe we just had food on the brain uh, when we asked people to send us who would be their ideal Ghibli dinner guest yeah exactly shall I pull one out of the mailbag absolutely bursting at the seams. I pull the first one out. It's from Connor Holt. He says, hello, little Totoro, medium Totoro and big Totoro. Can I stop you there immediately? <laughs> should we just establish who they are? I think we should. Go on then, Jake. Uh, Michael, I know you're not a large man, <laughs> but I feel like you're definitely big Totoro. King Totoro to some. Yeah. I mean, you're my king, aren't you? Um, and Steph, you're now rocking a blue head of hair. I am. So I think that means that you have to be medium, Totoro. I guess so. And that means I'm the little white <laughs> ghost one that's just wandering behind both of you trying to catch up. Well, since we've got those pleasantries out of the way, Connor says the best Ghibli dinner guests would be Arietti and her borrower family, since you'd only have to cook very little food for all of them. However, if we're doing the English dubs, I'd love to have Billy Crystal's Calcifer and Phil Hartman's Gigi in the same room. Thanks, love the podcast. Favourite Ghibli is Princess Mononoke. Lovely. I know these uh, the dubs have sparked some controversy, particularly those 90s ones, but there seems to be this uh, resounding mm. agreement that Phil Hartman's Gigi is always worth having. And, well, I, I, Billy, Billy Crystal's Calcifer did annoy me back in the 2000s, <laughs> but at least to see those two guys riffing in the same room. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Uh, well, I'll take one out of the mailbag now. Uh, this is from James Clayton, who says, My first thought was that I'd be it would be loads of fun having the tanuki from Pompoko around for dinner. There's the promise that it would be dinner and a show or a ghost parade. I'd have a blast challenging them to shapeshift into all sorts, and we could also maybe work our practical jokes and protest stunts to fight the climate crisis. I feel the Extinction Rebellion need the Tanuki as allies. <laughs> On second thoughts, though, I realise that the truly Christmassy thing to do would be invite Saita and Setsuko from Grave of the Fireflies. They're the Ghibli characters most in need of a warm fire, a slap-up meal, and some peace and comfort. I acknowledge that my Tiny Tim answer may sound like virtue signalling and come across as being pious and po-faced. To counterbalance that, know that Saito and Setsuko will be brought to the party by Catbus and that they'll be accompanied by a small army of soot sprites who'll do all the cleaning up for us. Wow. 
He's James, thought that through. What a beautiful snowflake of an answer that is. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, the uh, the transportation. This guy knows his party planning. Mm-hmm. The party isn't all about everything when you get there. It's everything before and afterwards as well. You need your designated driver. Yeah. I mean, Cat Boss is the ultimate designated <laughs> driver. We'll come back to the mailbag, won't we, Steph? What's up next? We well, next, linking to Tiny Tim and uh, Christmas Carol, I offer you, in Ghost of Christmas Past fashion, the opportunity to look back over your year, look back over your leaderboards and your Jacob's Ladder, and just think about if there's any changes that you'd like to make now that you've finished watching all the Ghibli movies. Do you think you've made any mistakes? Do you think? Would you like to make any changes? Going back to, back over our regrets yeah. of the year past. Wow. Uh, do you think you're Scrooge? And and you're Bob Cratchit. Yeah. Or no. I could be Jacob Marley. You know. Hmm. In the in the in the Muppet Christmas Carol's vein, are you Kermit and I'm Kane? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. This is this is a kind of bit of an amnesty for us, isn't it? This is an opportunity to reshape things, and. As we've gone on and as we've added more films on the list, it's actually become harder to pinpoint where things will go. Mm -hmm. And we're in the 20s now. And every time that I did add one, I did feel like maybe I was betraying something below it just because of having to stay true to something that I'd mentioned on a previous episode or something like that. Um, And I don't know anymore. The one thing that I think... I know for sure is that I think the Princess Kaguya is actually better than The Wind Rises. Wow. I thought you were going to say that you you were completely wrong on Porco Rosso. No, Porco Rosso is great. <laughs> I, and I'm, I've got wearing a badge of Porco Rosso right now. What is, what's made you come to that realisation about Kaguya? Um, I think perhaps some of the conversations we had in Japan as well um, were just speaking about the artistry of Takahata and in this series we looked at My Neighbours the Yamadas as well and we, we looked at the Little Norse Prince and we filled in a bit of the gaps in the narrative of that director and it really felt like as I went back and listened to Princess Kaguya and watched bits from it, listened to the soundtrack I mean, uh that has been, I think, over the last 12 months, the Ghibli film that I've thought about the most. That's interesting. Whereas I think The Wind Rises is the Ghibli film that I think about, well, one of the Ghibli films I think about the most. I don't think I'd ever... I'd find it so hard to separate them, and that might be one of my regrets, is the fact that I placed The Wind Rises a good couple of slots above Kaguya. Yeah. My regret looking at this list we did so many of the big hitters my personal big hitters early on in the series so it felt like that top five never changed whisper of the heart my neighbor totoro grave of the fireflies mononoke kiki's delivery service a lot of those we did very early on mm. and it just meant that so many of these other films were just landing low I and mean, there was little opportunity for those films to break through that glass ceiling and as you said kaguya and takahata in general is just a a topic that we came back to time and again and a person that we've grown to really respect. And I feel it's a shame that few, so few of his films are among my the highest echelons of the leaderboard. Yeah, um, I know that... Uh, well, I apologise in advance, Steph, but I've got Ponyo at sixth and that's above The Wind Rises and Princess Kaguya. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, 
I don't know if it's fully earned that position. I really like, like, Ponyo is an amazing kids film. But when you look at the conversations that we've had around The Wind Rises and around The Princess Kaguya and just how much much depth those films get to. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's that's not there in Ponyo as much as, as a piece of craft and a piece of animation. It is amazing. I think I, I would be bumping up Kaguya into sixth, then a Wind Rises in seventh and a Ponyo down to eighth, maybe. Just looking at the key changes in that top half for me. Well, for me, the, the film I want to revisit and I think I will feel very differently about now or at the end of this journey is Only Yesterday. I know, a film I know you love, a film that I don't particularly love, but it has a lot of very intelligent, very well-reasoned fans out there. That's one I'd, like, I'd love to revisit. But Steph, when, when you came on the podcast last year for Christmas, we asked you what you thought of Ghibli, what your big hitters were. Do you have any favourites from the films we recently covered, the sort of when Marnie was there type films, uh, Naushka or Castle in the Sky? Mm. Yeah, because I've been going on a similar journey to Jake in that I've been kind of watching along as we've been making the podcast. Um, and I think, yeah, it's been really interesting this year. I think um, Naushka has been a really big one for me. That's really kind of bumped up into one of my favourites. Um, and You're a big Castle in the Sky fan as well, aren't I'm you? I'm not that big. Oh, sorry. Well, sorry. I think it was How Na- dare you? No. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I got confused. <laughs> Naushka was the episode where from the recording booth we could see Steph giving us the finger all the way through <laughs> the episode. Yeah, I've watched... That's one of the ones that I've watched a couple of times and I really, really enjoy it. Um, and when Marnie was there, I think... Maybe the only ones that actually made me really emotional and affected me so much mm. um, where a lot of them will kind of affect me. I'll, I'll feel engaged with it, but won't kind of bring me to tears yeah. as often like, as something like that. When, um, when I look at when Marnie was there in the leaderboard, for me, it's 16th. And mm. in a way, I feel bad for it being there because it's something that we talk about a lot and we admire so much mm. about it. But it's got very recognisable flaws but I do feel like maybe next time round it might climb up a little bit if we do a redux series Michael where we just we just watch them again Mm -hmm. um, what one are you most intrigued about me having another try at Princess Mononoke yeah I think that that was an early one where it was the first one you hit. That was the first bump along the road for you, wasn't it? Mm. You were loving these films. And that was one where you thought, I don't understand this. I don't get it. Mm. I think watching that again now, after all of our chat about Miyazaki, now you understand who he is, his worldview, where that film comes in his career. I'd love to know what you make of it a second go around. But for the Redux, I'd love to watch some of these in their English language versions with you. Yeah, that's something absolutely. you've not done. And no, I've had never so many heard conversations recently dubs. about that. I need to watch that Phil Hartman Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm-hmm, exactly, or the Only Yesterday one, which I still haven't seen. The Daisy Ridley one, um, which Robbie Coleman on this very show went into great detail about how they try to get the sense of different you know, locations and accents and backgrounds in that in that dub. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of language, shall we delve back into another letter? Let's do it. Who's up next? Shall I grab one? So we have Rocio Quesada. Hi there, Ghibliotech. I'm a fan of your podcast from the land of palm trees and sunshine, Los Angeles, California. My dream dinner would not include only one Ghibli guest, but I would invite all Ghibli characters. It's fiesta time. 
Being Mexican-American, I would host a huge colourful dinner party with live music, vivid decorations, and a feast full of yummy traditional Mexican dishes. It would be my pleasure to host a dinner party that offers an experience how I festively dine in Southern California. To the whole crew of Ghibli Tech, keep amazing work you do. Ghibli Tech makes this LA girl very happy. Thank you. My stomach is rumbling right now, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think for the aftermath of that party, we'd have to employ the cleaning crew from from up on Poppy Hill. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and maybe if we could rent out the clubhouse. Actually, no, we'd probably need to rent out the bathhouse and then add (laughs) add the clubhouse as an annex uh, to try and fit everyone in there. Um, but I think it would be great. I'd love to love to see uh, Calcifer in control of the kitchen on that one. Yeah. Spreading exactly. out, working some magic. Uh, gosh, what a buffet. Imagine, imagine if... That's what I would do. I would do Ghibli buffet, and you just bring all of the items from all of the films. So Ooh. it's just like, you're not feeling like a big heavy thing, you're not feeling Hal's eggs and bacon, then have the lovely... Rice bento box from Poppy Hill instead. Just wonderful. My mental image right now is that gif. It's not a gif, it's actually seen in the film, but it's turned into a gif of No Face with his banquet around him, Mm. just gorging himself. Just, yes! (laughs) That's you in the middle of all this food. Yes, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Is Uh, is Is it time for some music? I think it might be. Okay, so producer Harold, who you sometimes hear at the end of the credits, reading out the credits at the end of the episode, is a very gifted, not only master of puns, but also a master of tunes. He's he a is. singer. He's a wonderful singer. So we haven't heard these, have we, Jake? Steph, you recorded these yesterday. I did. Ghibli Christmas carols and songs. Should we listen to them now? Let's listen to some. Away on a clifftop by the sea and sand a sleepy small ponyo is eating some ham. She eats up her noodles and her eggs and juice. But before she can finish, she falls into a snooze. I'm oh so blown away. That is so good. Oh, who wrote the lyrics, Steph? That was me. Oh, wow. You are. What a collaboration. You're hearing a collaboration of music and lyrics by me and Harold. The Should... greatest music and lyrics since Hugh Grant and... <laughs> <laughs> Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Should we go for... Yeah, let's get... I, I, can't, I can't just hear one. At the bleak dark bus stop Waiting for their dad Sisters stand together Umbrella in hand Rain had fallen, rain on rain But then, lo, at the bus stop there appeared a Totoro. I'm shedding a tear, Jake. Oh, this is magic. (laughs) 
I, I need full versions and a full album of this. I, I think, think music videos, I think the whole lot, this should be on shelves Can we in time for the Christmas season. do a podcast where we talk about these songs? <laughs> and that can be what we do next series. <laughs> we oh. do have two more. Yeah, I can. Do you want wait. to pick the next one, Jake? Okay, all right. Let's, um, should we bring some joy? Let's bring some joy. Joy to the world, Kiki has come to run the bakery. Let everyone receive some bread. She'll fly up pie to your house. Her broom helps her get around. She's Kiki the witch and she's in your town. I wish Kiki the Witch was in my town. And that should be her theme tune for yeah. when she does her radio adverts. Oh, we could we could recut when she slings the radio over her broomstick. <laughs> Turn that on instead. Oh, yes. So we have one last Ghibli Christmas song, a version of a personal favourite of mine. Yeah? By one of the great four men of Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> the moon is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight, and that's enough. Simply having a wonderful capper's time. Simply having a wonderful capper's time. Oh, I'm glad that went down the cat bus route. I was worried we were going to have a Princess Kaguya situation <laughs> with the moon being right. <laughs> Don't know what that would be. The moon is right. I have to leave you. <laughs> Oh, that was absolutely wonderful, Steph. Thank you so much for bringing that joy into our lives. Joy into the world. Yes. And thank you to Harold. He's not here to take to face our gratitude head on, but thank you so much, Harold. <laughs> Wherever you are. Okay, well, we've had the ghost of Christmas past. We're now having the ghost of Christmas present. And with that, I bring you a present. Oh. oh, Steph. Here you go. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Do you want to open it? Well, it's actually two presents, right? So one for you, Jake. Oh, lovely. Thank you. And one for me. So, same time? Yeah, why not? Three, two, one. Okay. Okay. What is this? <laughs> this is a video game. You did tease. Oh, yeah. You recently bought... A, um, a console, your first console. Yes, and I mean, I'm yet to learn whether there are other games than Zelda Breath of the Wild, but apparently there are. Um, so maybe this is a chance to break my addiction? Yes, so this is Nino Kuni, which was the remastered edition. It came out a few years ago, recently remastered, re-released. It's the video game that Stuart Ghibli collaborated on. It's an RPG um, adventure game where the animation character designs are by familiar Studio Ghibli bods, veterans. Music by Joe Hisaishi. Cool. So this is, if we were, you know, we know that you know, Hayao Miyazaki doesn't like video games, but Toshio Suzuki signed off on this. Oh, that's such a Suzuki move, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When, when Miyazaki's off saying he's taking a hiatus, <sighs> Suzuki says, go ahead and make a video game, guys. Yeah. And this has become a franchise. It's going to be a movie as well. Oh, yeah. I heard about there being a film of this. Um, and it's 
someone who is related to Ghibli? It's not just someone, some stranger. Yeah, so it's Yoshiyuki um, Momose, uh, who worked on the Nino Kuni games as character designer, animation director, and sort of worked his way up and now is going to make the feature. But he worked for Ghibli for years. He was in the animation department on Porco Rosso, Spirited Away, etc., and he recently jumped ship, as most of the Ghibli guys did, uh, to Stuart Ponock. He did one of the Modest Heroes short films. So very much in our wheelhouse, mm. this. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Steph. What a lovely gift. You're all welcome. Another year goes by when you haven't bought me anything. But it's fine. <laughs> Not a single thing, sorry. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> Shall we have a bit more mailbag? Oh, do you want to read one, Steph? Yeah, I'll read one. This one's from Tommy James, who says, Hey, Jake, Michael and Steph. Absolutely loved listening to the podcast over the last couple of months. I was always a Ghibli novice, but I've really upped my game and can truly appreciate the greatest animation studio in the world. Love you guys and all the hard work you've put into the pod. Oh, thanks, Tommy. My dream dinner guest is probably Osano from Kiki's Delivery Service. Imagine the pastries she'd bring. Yes, I think Tommy's in the right wheelhouse with Kiki's Delivery Service as being the focal point for this, because... You mentioned No Face and Spirited Away, just like mm. full glutton mode. But if you're actually prepping a meal, I think Kitty's Delivery Service is a bit more focused on the individual items. Right. And I'm thinking about the pie, which looks amazing. Mm. I love pie. Christmas love a, pie? Love a Christmas pie. Just take all the leftovers, bung them in to a dish, cover that in some rolled out puff pastry. I know it's not an official pie if it hasn't got cr- crust on the bottom, but it's Boxing Day. What are you going to do? Um but yeah, I, th- I think Kiki's would be great. I'd love to have something from a Sonos bakery. Oh, yeah. We have Michael Jones here who says his dream dinner guest would, it would have to be the Baron. So elegant and refined, you know he would serve a delicious blend of tea he had made himself along with a nice slice of cake. I'd Maybe add- to follow the pie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Um, and Whisper of the Heart and Kiki have... Have good cats that if we smash them together, I'm sure they'd be Can't getting. Smash them. cats together. <laughs> That's not very Christmassy. If we if we brought those universes together, I'm sure the cats would have a nice time, and the Baron and Asona would have a very nice time. The large Catron collider. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Steph, what have you got in store for us next? Next, it's time for a quiz. Oh gosh. So Jake, you've now completed. Ghibli canon. Completed it, mate. And you have spent a long time talking about these films with Michael. Right. So here I've got some quotes from the podcast. Oh, oh no. Uh, Michael, you can join in on this okay. if you want. Um, <laughs> you need to tell me who said it, Jake or Michael. Okay. Okay, so here's the first quote. I'd be happy to say this is a masterpiece already. Oh. Um, I that sounds like it's coming from someone who is surprised by the film. So I'm going to say that that is me. You're correct. That was you talking about Grave of the Fireflies. Well, yeah, and it remains a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I, You're stick, right. You nailed with it. that one. You're doing yeah. well. Thanks. All right. Next quote: The world is awful around you. Therefore, you might as well stand in a field with some laundry blowing on a washing line. Uh, well, well, Michael is our Scrooge, and yeah, <laughs> that's that's a quote that has some dread in it. And uh, I'm going to go with Michael on that one. You would be correct. Ah. That is Michael talking about Howl's Moving Castle. All right, we've got a fairly easy one. 
I'm really into my opening titles and title cards and fonts. <laughs> That's definitely Michael, isn't it? That sounds, <laughs> sounds exactly like something Michael would say. Um, I'm going to guess that that was me. Yeah. Can you guess what film you're talking about? It's something from this series, isn't it? No. Is it not? <laughs> no. I think it's Porco Rosso. Oh, it is Porco Rosso. The, the, the ticker tape. Oh, yeah. gosh. Those, yeah, those are really good. <laughs> uh, that's a lovely title sequence. All right, next one. I'd be doing it a disservice yeah. to put it anywhere other than first place. Ooh. Okay. Um, so that that's either me talking about Porco Rosso or Michael talking about Whisper of the Heart. Oh. <laughs> um... I'm just going to go Michael. You're correct. Oh. It's Michael talking about Whisper of the Heart. Not okay. Tales from Earthsea. Not mm. Tales from Earthsea. Oh, okay. All right. There's no two ways of saying this, but they're ogling girls playing tennis and there's boob jiggle. <laughs> That's Michael. <laughs> <'cause> he, <laughs> we, we had some interaction on Twitter about <laughs> Michael saying the words boob jiggle. Um, I've now set that as my text tone <laughs> for when he... Does get in touch with me. Lovely. Yes, that is Michael talking about ocean waves. And last one, I've seen them all. Oh, that's me. It is. Yeah, I have seen them all. Yeah. How cute. Oh, thank you for that, Steph. We got them all. Yes. We did. Perfect. Oh, Thanks for quiz. playing. While you've been answering those questions, Jake, I've been doing the very British tradition of opening up the bumper Christmas edition of the Radio Times. And what we do every year is we circle the films we want to watch over the Christmas period, which is a time of year when the TV channels really put on the good stuff. Uh, and there are actually a few Ghibli-related Christmas films in here. Oh, are there? There are indeed. Wow. Uh, I, just want to I didn't know that they made Christmas films. They, well, <laughs> they did. Actually, well, they're a bit deep cut. Maybe you didn't uh, know. Maybe, it's only maybe really for really a true few, fans. A future yeah. series, maybe we'll cover these ones. Um, and I've just got five here that I wanted to recommend to you yeah, yeah. over the Christmas period. There's the No Face Before Christmas. <laughs> the Ponyo Express. Good. Very good. I'd like that one. I like that film a lot. Uh, Ghibli All the Way. Yep. Mononoke on 34th Street. <laughs> and a real classic, Meet May in St. Louis. Hey, that's very good. Yeah, well done. Should we wrap up the mailbag? I think we have a couple more yeah, there at the bottom. Yeah, um, uh, this one's from Mason Boy, who I think has been talking to Connor Holt. Um, we've got some economists in the listener crowd. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't cost a lot to put on a feast for Arietti. <laughs> it's very true. Oh, yeah, exactly. And one last one here from Stephen. Lisa, Ponyo, and Sosuke. Lisa is my favourite Ghibli mom, but I can't just invite her alone. Uh, and the great thing about that one, you know exactly what's on the menu already. A good Christmas ham. Yeah. Lots of ham. Ponyo loves Christmas ham. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sending all of those in i am getting fiendishly hungry uh thinking about all of this ghibli food yes and that's that could be another spin-off episode just just the food just an hour on that lovely oh we'd have to make sure we eat beforehand though or yeah. eat while we're recording yeah bring oh, your pie <laughs> bring some ham and ramen sweet sound of you eating on mic <laughs> yeah uh michael have you got any ideas for what we could talk about well ghost of christmas future perhaps mm. we had a lot of chat on previous episodes about how this is, we were coming to the end of the Ghibliotech and where would we go next? And listeners have been sending in some suggestions. I just wanted to go through some of the big hit, big hitters that we've been getting. They've suggested we do certain filmmakers who maybe have a Ghibli connection or have that discreet filmography. Satoshi Kon, the filmmaker, 
who sadly died about a decade ago, um, is, I think, top of the list. And he has a very discreet filmography of of four films and a TV series. Perfect Blue, Millennium Actress, Tokyo Godfathers, a Christmas movie, a very rare Christmas anime movie, um, Paprika, and then Paranoia Agent, his TV series. And I think that would be a really fun one to do. His films are so great. They're not family-friendly necessarily, but his work is just top-notch and has that vision that Miyazaki has. You don't get many of those anime filmmakers who have that sense of vision. Another filmmaker, of course... Uh, would be Mamoru Hosoda, who has history with Ghibli. He almost directed Hell's Moving Castle. He made Digimon the movie, which, of course, (laughs) I think you did say you loved. He directed a One Piece movie, but then came into his own where he made The Girl Who Let Through Time, Summer Wars, Wolf Children, a very Ghibli-ish movie, The Boy and the Beast, also very Ghibli-ish, but then most recently made Mirai. Yes, which which I have seen and I love. I, I think Mirai is amazing. I was lucky enough to watch that Uh, at the London Film Festival at the Family Gala screening. So it was in the IMAX and there was loads of kids there and they were just having such a great time. And I thought, like, for the train station uh, family tree stuff in that, to have that on a mega screen just blasting past your eyes was incredible. I would would quite happily talk about those films. And considering I've only seen one uh, and I've seen no Satoshi Kon films, Mm -hmm. this is perfect. And one other filmmaker you've seen one film by... Uh, Makoto Shinkai Mm. who has no real relationship with Ghibli although has been asked the question a million times over uh, about being the next Miyazaki because his film Your Name uh, is one of the only anime films that has gone toe-to-toe with Spirited Away for box office Yeah, well uh, it was only the re-release of Spirited Away that took that back up to Mm. the top of the um, Japanese box office So his film's he has a sort of mixture of shorts and features. One of the great things about him is he's not really bound to the two-hour-long runtime. Five centimeters per second, a collection of shorts. Children Who Chase Lost Voices, uh, The Garden of Words, a short film with incredibly ultra-detailed, ultra-realistic, rotoscoped animation of real Tokyo uh, locations. And he's just made a new film that was released in Japan earlier in the year. I think it's coming out in the States now, in the UK early in 2020, Weathering With You. That would be a really interesting miniseries as well. But also, I, I, we're not quite done with Ghibli. I feel that we'd be missing out not doing an episode on The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, the the, the documentary about the making of those two films, Kaguya and The Wind Rises. Yeah, well, there's also there's a new Miyazaki documentary, there's the specific Takahata documentary, and then there's Takahata's own Canal documentary from the 80s. We could just do a whole series that's just docs. Everyone loves docs, right? Yeah, Ghibli docs. But then we have tend, fo- tend to focus on those non-Ghibli films that are readily available. That's why we did Castle of Cagliostro and uh, we did Little Norse Prince. There are lots of other films in the interim. There's Panda Go Panda, which is out of print on DVD over here. Then in Japan, there's a beautiful box set of Takahata films that we saw in the Ghibli Museum, which was not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't pick it up because of that. But it has all of his features and shorter films that were specials, like longer than a TV episode, that I'd love to do. Ghost the Cellist being one that people seem to love a lot, um, and Chie the Brat. These films have never really been formally released in the UK. I'd love to get to them someday. So there's so many directions we can go in. Um, but before we get on to any actual film episodes, we have the slight, uh, you know, this like matter of our trip to Tokyo to get to, right? Yeah, uh, so these will be coming out in the new year, and we had an incredible time, didn't we? 
We had a lovely time. Of course, there's a lot of stuff that was on Twitter that you can go and scroll back. We had daily videos, some very cute and very sweet content starring (laughs) me and Jake. (laughs) If anyone wants to imagine what it would be like if Michael and I were the protagonists in your name, then do head over to the Twitter at Jubliotech. Or or likewise, the protagonists in uh, Whisper of the Hearts. (laughs) There's a lot of recreations of that, Mm. isn't there? Um, but we got so much in there. We've got conversations from Studio Ponok. We've mm-hmm. got a uh, conversation with people that worked on the Red Turtle and yeah. other Japanese animation as well. We went uh, to the Ghibli Museum. We recorded a lot around that, not so much in it because we're, you're not allowed to take recording uh, material in there. We did merch hunting. We went and ate Totoro cream puffs. There's all sorts that we've come back with that we're still rummaging through. But would we have space maybe for a little preview of some audio maybe here at the end of this episode? I think it's a little Christmas treat. We oh, can, Steph. We can reveal a little bit of what we recorded. Maybe stick through the credits and you'll find out as a little tidbit for listeners. And But I guess in the meantime, though, that brings Christmas to an end for yeah, one more year. I know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what we transform this show into. Um and if people want to keep up with that, as I mentioned, you can follow us on Twitter at Ghibliotech, or you can follow Michael directly at Michael J. Leader. You can follow Jake as well at Jake H. Cunningham. And Steph, where can people follow you? At underscore Steph Watts. And just one final thank you to all listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to people who've tweeted at us, who's come to our screenings as well. We've really appreciated it. Happy Christmas. Bibliotech is a Little Dot Studios production. Our music is made by Anthony Ng, our artwork is by Sophie Moe, and Jamie Maisner is our audio wizard. The show is produced by Michael Leader, Jake Cunningham, Harold McShill, and Steph Watts. That's me. So Jake, we're on a flight right now. We are on a flight, and as they say in The Wind Rises, airplanes, they're beautiful dreams. Well, actually, Jake, in The Wind Rises, they say they're beautiful and cursed dreams. Let's hope this is more of a beautiful dream than a cursed one. Yeah, I feel like as we reach the end of our Ghibli journey and we head to Japan, to the Ghibli Museum, this surely can't be cursed. This is going to be a wonderful trip, right? Yeah. So there's the Ghibli Museum... Studio Ponok, we're going to check in on the next generation of animators. Yeah, and most importantly, really, eating a Totoro-shaped cream puff. Oh, I know that's high up on your list, isn't it? I know high up on my list. I think that's worth the flight price in itself, isn't it? Just one cream puff, and then we'll come straight back. Just one cream puff. For me, merchandise. Yeah? We had a quick look in the office before we left at the Acorn Republic official Studio Ghibli merchandise store and it's full of wonders. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'll be able to hold myself back when I see these things in the flesh. <laughs> You're going to be waking up using that jet lag as an excuse to why you're clawing at the door at 6am to be <laughs> let in. 
jonesing for a fix of yeah. my Princess Mononoke jacket. Yeah, 400 pounds well spent. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.